Um, sometimes I think Thanksgiving is the forgotten holiday. It's like uh, sandwiched between the commercial event that Halloween has been called, has, has already become, and then on the other end, you've got this incredibly commercial event that Christmas is, and right in the middle, we, we've got Thanksgiving. And sometimes I think we almost get lost <coughs> going straight from Halloween all the way to Christmas. I saw a meme this week, and I thought it was kind of cute. You've got uh, the fairy godmother talking to Cinderella. It says, uh, uh, the fairy godmother says, and when the clock strikes midnight, Halloween will end. And then, bam, Christmas carols everywhere. <laughs> That's how it is, though, isn't it? And yet, I think, I think we like Thanksgiving. Actually, I think we yearn for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is, just, is really just about very simple things. It's about food. It's about family. It's about community. It's about reconciliation between people. It's about love and caring. And I believe we yearn for that. As followers of Jesus, of course, Thanksgiving is a big part of what it means for us to worship God. The psalm book in the Bible. It was the ancient hymn book of the people of God. And in it, it's just filled with these psalms of thanksgiving. What was the psalm we, we did at the first of worship this, uh, this week? It was, oh, give thanks to the Lord. Why? For he is good. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. Why? Because he's good. Oh, give thanks. I think that praising God, that thanking God, almost comes naturally to us. A lot of times. You, you ever been out? On the top of a mountain, you almost can't help it but thank God, right? You, you, you ever been at the foot of a majestic waterfall? You, you ever walked out at night and seen the stars of the heavens? We can't help but praise God. The theologian Karl Barth said we stammer praise. It just comes out of us. In a similar way, I think that, that when we realize what God has actually done for us through Jesus. I mean, we have those times, don't we, when we know that we have made a mess of things, that we've made a mess of our relationships, and our life isn't going the way it's supposed to go, and yet through Jesus Christ and his love for us, through his death and resurrection, you and I feel the experience of forgiveness, and we realize we have an opportunity for a second chance in life again. Listen, when that happens to you, you cannot help but praise God. So when we come to the New Testament reading this morning where you've got 10 lepers who receive this incredible healing from Jesus and only one little guy comes back to thank Jesus, how do we make sense of that? You know the story, of course. Ten people had leprosy. Leprosy in Jesus' day was one of those diseases that the Bible could have been describing on the one hand, just a simple skin rash, all the way to a contagious, terribly difficult disease, which was often fatal. And the job of the priest was to decide which kind of problem a person had. But if a, problem, a person had the contagious 
sort of leprosy, then that person was excluded from the town or the village or the place where he or she lived. They had to live away from family. They had to live away from friends. They had to be outside of the community. And the only way those folks could survive, and they often bound together in groups, was by begging or by the food that their own families would leave them. And so on the day the scripture describes, uh, we've got 10 people who had leprosy. They were on the margins of the town, and they called out to Jesus. Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And Jesus does. He tells them to go to see the priest. And on the way, this amazing thing happens. All of a sudden, they are healed. Now, just, just think about that. Put yourself in the shoes of one of those lepers. Hurting body, spirit, mind. Cut off from your family and friends. And all of a sudden, all of that is taken away. Your body is made whole. You have a chance to go home to your life again. I think I would have been shouting and praising. Why is it that only one guy goes back? To thank Jesus. And here's, here's what Jesus says about it. He says, we're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? In other words, this outsider who shouldn't have known. And then he says to the guy who's come back, he says, go. Your faith has made you well. He might as well have said, go. Your gratitude has made your, you well. Now let me tell you something else about that last statement. The word well in that verse comes from a, a Greek word, and that Greek word means wholeness. So Jesus is saying here, your gratitude, your faith has made you whole. Not just physically well, but spiritually well, mentally well, well, in every aspect of your life, your faith, your gratitude has transformed your life. And that's what Jesus is after, not just for these nine uh, other nine guys. That, that's what Jesus is after for you and me as well. And yet you think about it. Think about how often in our lives we're given gifts, good things happen to us, good things come our way. And we forget to give thanks for it. Right? So let me tell you about myself. I, about six weeks ago now, I got a, a letter from a friend of mine. Gosh, I don't have it. What happened to it? Oh, there it is. A friend of mine uh, who was a part of the first church that I pastored. And he wrote me a letter. Look at this. Handwritten. When's the last time you had a handwritten letter? And he wanted to, to tell me about St. Vincent's School for the Handicapped in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. That is a school that the church I pastored first sponsored. And a school that uh, I often took mission trips with groups of people to go see. It's a great place. It, it does such good ministry on very meager resources. And this guy who's a part of that first church was writing to tell me that the church he's in now, which is an Episcopalian church in Williamsburg, Virginia, also sponsors St. Vincent's School 
And then he gives one or two lines that just blew me away. So this was the day I was kind of feeling bummed about stuff, life, you know how it is. He said, it always reminds me of that powerful, even life-changing trip that I took with Timberridge to Haiti when you were pastor. Oh. <laughs> I mean, how often do we have a chance to know that something we said or something we did actually made a difference in somebody else's life? That was just like, oh, this is such a, a kind, generous gift to me. And right away, you all, I said, man, I am so thankful. I, I, I want to just... I just want to tell him how much I appreciate those, that little note he sent to me. But here's where it got complicated. I don't have his phone number. I don't have his email. I don't have any social media contact. So you know what Tom was going to have to do? Tom was going to have to write a letter <laughs> to my friend. So what happened? I said, oh, you know, I'll do that tomorrow. And I didn't do it tomorrow. I didn't do it the next day. Look, a few days went into a week. A week went into two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. I mean, it, it went on. All right, now think about you. Think about yourself. How often is that the way it is? You know, somebody does something wonderful in your life, something kind, something generous, something that blesses and encourages you you don't respond with thanksgiving. And then, think about God. How often does that very same thing happen with God? I just think, well, what, what can motivate us? What, what can stir us up so that we're, we remember to demonstrate thanksgiving? So I, I look at what this leper did who came back. And here's what it said. It says the thing that stirred him up, that moved him to give thanks, was that he made a connection between the gift he had been given and the one who actually gave it. It says one of them, when he saw that he was healed, threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. He made that connection between the gift and the gift that he had been given. And I believe that is what ultimately becomes the source of gratitude and thanksgiving. Lewis Smedes in his book, My God and I, says a similar kind of thing. He says this, everything that I've learned about real gifts is that they always come with a person attached. Isn't that true? Person attached. But then Lewis goes on and he he makes the connection then with the person God. He says, every new dawn of every morning, every drop of rain, every budding tulip, every touch of a loved one's hand, every hug from a laughing child, every note of a Mozart concert, every coming home to our own place and people, every new hope that sees beyond a hard presence, all, present, all of them are gifts with a person attached. Person, big P. God. It's, it's when, I think, when we see the good thing that's in our lives and we connect it with God, that, that is when 
we experience gratitude. And let me tell you what. When you experience gratitude, then what happens? Just like with that leper, that's when wholeness, that's when transformation, that's when new things begin to invade our lives. So I've told you before about my friends Dave and Cheryl, but it's been a time. They were a young couple, and they so wanted to have a child. But they were struggling, like many young couples do, with infertility. They couldn't. They tried all kinds of things. No work, no love. Cheryl had grown up in church. Dave had only gone to church occasionally, maybe Christmas and Easter. So it was Cheryl who, at their, you know, at their wit's end, decided that she needed to go back to church. She needed help from God. So she came to the new church that Lynn and I were privileged to have a, a part in starting. She came to church. She got involved. She, she went to a Bible study on Wednesday evenings. Dave said uh, that week after week, she went to church hoping for some change. She went to church praying to God, asking for help, asking for healing, and nothing happened. He said she was becoming angry. She was becoming depressed. She was becoming bitter. You know how that is. We've all been there. On the Wednesday night, on, the, on one Wednesday night, the topic of the evening was healing and prayer. And after the study, we decided as a group that we were just going to pray for anybody in our group who had a particular need. And Cheryl raised her hand. And so we gathered around her and laid hands on her and prayed that God would heal their infertility. Dave said that that day, that night, that Cheryl came home a changed person. He said she came in, she sat down beside me on the couch, she said that the, the people of the group had prayed for her and that she had been filled with the Holy Spirit, that is with the presence of God. He was amazed. He said, I had never seen anything like this before. And I want to read, because I asked him to write down what he said. He said, what I witnessed was like nothing I'd seen before. She left home that night, this bitter and broken soul whom I loved and was helpless to help. And she came home transformed with a renewed hope and a new outlook. I swear it was like her heart had been swapped. Not that Cheryl believed necessarily that she was going to get pregnant. That, that wasn't it. What had happened is that, is that Cheryl had realized that there was a God in her life. A God who cared about her. A God who was interested in her in the good times of her life and in the bad times of her life. And she came to the point where she literally believed that no matter what happened, she was going to be fine. She was going to be okay. Dave said he had never seen anybody make a change, a transformation like that. It was gratitude. That's what he was, that's what he was seeing. He had never seen a change like that. So he starts coming to church. He gets involved. He uh, goes through confirmation with me. We do a one-on-one -on -one confirmation. And then, folks, I have the privilege to baptize him. Now, he had a bald head, and, man, I poured the bucket of water right over him. And then, best of all, a few weeks after that, we found out they were expecting a baby, and nine months later, they gave birth to a little baby boy. 
westward. Now I want you to know the gift, the gift, you just stop and think about it. all the good things that happen in your life, in good times and in difficult times. The gifts are always there. Our job, connect it with God. Realize that in this world, there is a God who really does care about you. And you folks on Facebook, there is a God who cares about you. This God is known through Jesus Christ. And this God is with you in good times and in bad times. You connect that gift with God, you will be filled with gratitude, and brothers and sisters in Christ, gratitude will change your life. So here's what Tom Bagley did this week. Yesterday, as a matter of fact, there it is. It's my handwritten letter. <laughs> I haven't mailed it yet because I wanted you to see it. It's handwritten. I just hope he's going to be able to read it. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray again.